it's me again, the one and only Amy Lovström. Oh my god, I have to turn it down. We do a retake of that. Hi, it's me again. Again. Yeah, you remember my name. This is the second episode with the great composer Michael James Down, the Eurovision fan that has tried his best to reach Eurovision with 45 attempts around Europe. We have now reached the year 2018 when he had 10 songs in 7 different countries. Michael let us generously listen to more demos and stories behind the scenes from his career trying to reach Eurovision. Let's continue and let's talk about the year you had 10 songs in seven different oh, countries. Stress stress central. And the year is 2018. Mm-hmm. Th- this must be some kind of record. How did you manage <clears throat> that? And if it's not some kind of record, I know some of my listeners will email me about it. <laughs> well, I I think it might be a record. Um but on how I did it was hard, how we did it was hard work. Well, this is my full-time job. It's all of our Will's full-time job, Eunice's full-time job, Primo's yeah. full-time job. And we're not just sitting about, you know, on a guitar or in a, on front of a computer writing, you know, making a song all the time. We are, I'm constantly trying to, you know, to get one song into a national final. I don't, I don't know if people realize this. Anyone who has, who's listening, any, any writers out there or artists will know to get one song in a national final, even in a small country or in countries that a lot of the fans like to discredit, right? It is so hard. There's a lot of politics. There's a lot of hoops to jump through. There's a lot of, you need to have a good song. You need to have it, make it all happen. But that year and that all happening was just, it was just like, it was the culmination of a lot of hard work over the previous years to get there. And I remember, I'm actually getting stressed thinking about how stressed I was at the time, trying to coach everybody through, trying to make sure everything's okay, trying to keep everything. And then again, we didn't actually win. (laughs) (laughs) So that was, yeah, that was a really, I was really tired after all that. I'm being honest, I was really tired. So yeah, do you, I, I, again, I'm talking about it now, but I almost can't remember the songs that were there. So do you almost, almost want to talk me through some of them? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I will. Um, but I wonder where shall we begin? But, oh, but what, one more thing. You're saying about a record. I think I might hold the record in that three second places and three third places and five fifth places and fourth, and then all of the songs that I've had in different countries. I think that might be a record. And the fact that I'm, Euro, I'm talking on Eurovision Legends, which is a complete surprise to me, like you even asked me to do it, is like, that must mean something, I guess, so. I would like to begin in Malta. Oh, Ellen, Eleanor Kassar. What a lovely, lovely woman. Oh my goodness. First of all, I will say that previously I'd known her voice, or I'd known her, and I'd known she was a powerhouse vocal. And actually, when we met backstage, it was literally that we, Jonas and I arrived on the day of the semi-final rehearsal or something for, uh, for that multi-Eurovision, and we went to her dressing room. And she wasn't there and she just walked in after us and I couldn't believe how small she was. She is tiny. She is like so petite like in height and so small framed as well. And she just gave us a big hug and was like so sweet in nature. Like so not what you think a big, big, massive vocal is going to be.
it was her first time working with farm writers. There was a lot of hype about the song. I remember maybe the third, second or third most viewed on YouTube in terms of yeah, all the songs. it was a fan favourite. It was a fan favourite, I remember at the time. And I think she maybe was a little bit nervous. I don't know, lots of different reasons. But I remember during the, when we were in the green room, which was actually in front of the, the audience in the hall, when the result, when the televote, not the jury, she, I don't think she'd give a crap about the jury resu- result, but she wanted the televote because it's a small country and she wanted the televote to support her. She hadn't done the contest in a while and she wanted to feel like, oh, I'm back, but I hope they still think I'm good or something like that. And she grabbed my hand, like literally grabbed my hand and squeezed my hand and wouldn't let go the whole televote. And I was just like, oh my goodness, she is so nervous. And I think actually we came televote fourth or fifth, and I think maybe fifth overall or sixth, I don't know. Which was, And she was happy, she was really happy, so. For me, this was a no-brainer and should easily have won for Malta. But when I saw the pre-selection with my friends, I remembered that it was after the first semi-final in Sweden that mm-hmm. year. And I had praised this song so much. And I remember mm-hmm. some friends sitting there knowing Jonas Gladnikov personally. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. everyone got really excited. But mm-hmm. yeah, something happened there. And after the performance, everyone looked at each other and said, well... At least she tried. Yeah. If she ever hears this, I will say this. I'll say exactly what I think. And and I have no problem with saying this, even if she hears this, is that I think that she could have done or does has the ability to perform that song 10 times better. But I think sometimes, some nights, it's just not your night. I don't know what's what's going on in her personal life, but I, I don't know how nervous she was. I think she might have been a little nervous. I don't know if her vocal, maybe her voice was sore that morning when she woke up. You know, and also maybe the public just didn't get it. But I do think that her, I think if it just had been a different night, in fact, I know because the night before in the rehearsal, in the dress rehearsal, she was, she was incredible. And then she also had to put up with people, things like Christabel with her, with all the money invested in Christabel's show. And then Brooke, all the money, they got, they got Sasha, what do you call her? Jean-Baptiste. They got her. To, so there was a big hype in Malta when we were there. Even Glenn Vella, who was kind of managing um, Eleanor at the time, he was saying, we've all been telling her she needs to put more money into the show, more money into the show. And I was going, no, uh, you don't need that. You just, she just needs to go out and sing it well and it'll be fine. But that hype had almost, because Malta is a small place, that hype had, had, had went out of the arena and into the public sphere where it was a thing of like, oh, this is the battle of the show this tonight. And it was. So... And we didn't have that. We just had a good song with a good singer, I think. But you know what? I would love to work with her again. How come she got the song? Because Glenn Vella was kind of managing her. He does a lot of that, uh, apart from his own amazing, like his own career. Um, he had contacted Jonas and I asking for songs for her. And I'm sure he contacted a lot of different people just looking for the right song for her voice. And they, they we... We uh, had this song. It wasn't written for it, but I think maybe four weeks or so before they asked for a song, a powerful, like a power ballad kind of thing, we just done this. And we thought, you know what? It's a bit more modern. You'll notice as well, when we start, like my music career now, I don't do, for the past few years, I haven't done any Eurovision and all of the music that I, how I make my living is doing K-pop and charty kind of Spotify stuff. But I've only, I'm only able to do that now because I've learned over the past 10 years how to be a songwriter and I've learned that through Eurovision. So, of course, I was making at the start, you know, um, what's the word for typical kind of paint by number Eurovision songs. But by the time you get up to like Ellen this year, 2018, am I correct? 2018? Yes, yes. 
things have started to get a lot more or a little bit more maybe edgy fresh still eurovision so we thought yeah and i think they thought oh that's really nice it's a bit different even for her and yeah that's how that happened and yeah but a great a whole a really professional experience glenn's fantastic glenn really is fantastic and she was fantastic and yeah did anyone else try out the song nope nobody she was the first person to try it in fact i think i sing the demo and but it's yeah that's pretty bad though <laughs> Okay, so one song in Malta, but four songs in Romania. Mm-hmm. What are the songs? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. Me High Heaven. Yes. Me High Heaven. And so me, that was written specifically for Me High. Me High contacted me asking me. Now, this is the third year in a row we'd work with Me High, right? The third year? No, no, sorry. Second. The second year. Yeah. So he, we'd had a second place year before. So obviously, there's a, he wanted to continue working with us. And he just was like... I love Bulgaria's song from Eurovision, the Christo, uh, Christian Kostov one. Ah, beautiful mess. And we don't have a thing to lose, no matter what they say or do. Yeah. Yes, can we do something like that? And I says, okay, so we never rip off songs. We have been too close to the edge like with United before, so nowadays we don't do that. But he wanted something inspired by that, so I said, okay. And at the same time, Molly Sandin's Utande, Utande, Utande came out, and I was listening to that on repeat, and I remember thinking, okay, so I think we could kind of take inspiration from both of these songs, the Christian one and the Molly Sandin one, and then that's how Heaven happened, and we sent that in, and it, uh, what didn't do as well as it hoped, but yeah, it was. Some, I'm quite proud of that song, I quite think it's a nice little song. You show me, you show me Heaven And you also competed with Sandra and yep. Johnny Badulescu. Yeah, so Sandra's song was, again, trying to repeat the success of the year before, but this time Jonas and Will asked if I could, or I think we just all kind of agreed. No, we kind of made a deal. <laughs> Because the previous year I had written the Mihai song and the, they had written the Sandra song. So we were like, okay, guys, both of the artists want to work with us again. This time will we work on both songs together so that we have the bigger chance to win? Okay, yeah. do you understand? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we did. And but it was it was kind of like I think a bit of a poor man's version of Walk On By. Still a great song, I hope, but I don't think I think they got it right the first time with Walk On By. So and then Johnny Badalescu, that song devoted Primoz and that program I wrote maybe 2012 in us just in Madrid, just by ourselves. That was I was sitting on our hard drives for a good few years before it was picked up. And I think it was probably I think somebody in Malta wanted it at one time. And but that was pretty much it. But a nice little country song. You also worked with Napoli again. Yeah, that was then. Is that chasing rushes? Yeah. Yes. Now again, Napoli had some success the year before, um, and we thought actually we were just like, yeah, let's do it again. And this time something a bit more edgy. Not it wasn't specifically written for her. I just sent her maybe twenty songs that we'd written in that year that I thought could maybe fit her, and or over the past couple of years that could maybe fit her, and she picked it and. Yeah, if talking about English, I think if there's anything, if there's one song that I think I wish I had have got been able to coach a singer on, because I know she has the ability, because it sounds a bit like chasing Russians, not chasing rushes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
and you also went to Lithuania, Moldova, and Iceland. But also the first time in Montenegro. Yes, with Nina. Oh my god. This must have been a fan favorite too. This was, well, here's the thing Montenegro, that was the first time I think that they brought back uh, Montevisha in a long time. Nina was uh, like part of their Operation Triunfo. I don't know what do you guys call that. Do you ha- did you ever have Operation Triunfo in Sweden? Yeah, we had Fame Factory. Yeah. Yeah, so it's the same kind of thing. So she was famous from that, and I contacted her, and she picked out this song, which, by the way, a lot of people say is very similar to Eleanor's song "Back to Life," which, of course, it was they were written around like maybe the same six week period. So obviously, not completely by accident it was not the same track that was used it was not the same but if yes i can so i was so in a obviously you can tell where my head was at that time what it was kind of music i was trying to do but um not many people not many of the fans were really commenting much about montevisia but when the songs came out nina was you know you know the way they put up the like the fans put up like top five on youtube yeah well we were like number one and like 90 of them Unfortunately, during the dress rehearsal, she rang me nearly crying, I think, saying, oh my God, I can't hear myself. There's no sound. It's so badly organized. And then on the actual night, she couldn't hear a thing when she walked out on the stage and she sang out of key. And I knew we all just looked, we were watching online and we all just went, oh, there we go. That's not going to happen. And we actually came last. This was your first attempt in their pre-selection. Um, yeah. How come the song ended up there? Because it was a new country that wanted to, that had to, had announced. I think probably I read on read 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 on Weebly blogs. I probably read on Weebly blogs or something like that. Uh, they're doing Montevisia again, and I've probably yeah. I just went and researched all of the singers in Montenegro. And when I say I do that, I've done this for every country in Europe. When I say I've researched all of these singers, I probably have actually heard every single signed ever singer in every country or every singer that you pop out in the public eye, you know? So anyway, Nina, I really liked. I really liked her. And as soon as I sent her songs, she picked that song out right away. It's actually called... If you listen to the song, the hook, it goes... Life. life. That's the word life. Yeah. So what was it? What, but that's, so that's from the English demo. We've just kept it. She did the English version, first of all. You know that. She... Uh, She actually recorded it in English first, and then we decided we would do it in Serbian, or sorry, Montenegro.
why didn't you release the English version? Funny because she has actually asked a lot, but about that, and actually she has an album coming out soon that we may and might be getting done for that. Uh, she's just been signed to some record label in Croatia. I think she's doing really well over there at the minute. But um, time, to be honest, at this point in time, everything had blew up. And actually, after this year, uh, well, the next couple of years, this is where our career was starting to merge with what I call the real world music as well. And I was so stressed. And then after all of these contests, obviously, it's not just finished. All of the artists come back and ask me, can we do this now? Or can we release this version? Can we make a remix? Can we do this? And yeah, before I would have always said, yeah, but now I'm like, I'm a lot more selective because I need to sleep. <laughs> so it's like, and I, yeah, and I need to make, and I need to make money as well to live. Do you know what I mean? I, I used to sacrifice so much in the early days, like living, you know, with, living, renting a room off a friend for a while or hopping to here, living with mum back and mum for six months. And I don't, I'm too old for that shit now. So I'm like, you know, I'm very focused on the Asian market. I'm very focused on like Spotify and all that kind of stuff. So that's why. That's why. I don't know Jonas Gladnikov personally, but I know his type of music. And mm -hmm. he, like me, loves catchy Schlager songs. He does. Back in the early days, Jonas and I... See, out of the everybody I've ever worked with, Jonas and I are very close to this day. Like, we talk all the time. Whether it's work or just, like, talking on Instagram, talking whatever, Facebook. Um out of anybody I've ever worked with, and I'm sure he'll say the same, he and I would not argue, but we would take things like, to, while everybody else would drop out and go, I'm out, maybe he would want something to be a bit more schlogger, but I would always be kind of pull it into the more cool side. Like we would fight about that back in the day for forever, yeah. you know, but with but with respect. And that's why, that's I think why we've we've worked so many so much together and had so much good times because we are willing to go there, you know, and willing to try and make things perfect. So I love the guy, he's brilliant. I don't know how any songwriter producer works alone i mean there's a few out there who does everything by themselves but i think the best best numbers are two three or four to work three is the perfect amount i think if you have three writers on a song and everybody's good at something different like like with high key music how we work now music, i would do all the top line melody and lyrics and the business side of things uh, primos will do all of the vocal editing the mixing and the mastering and will will do all of the uh, music production and it just works perfect because everyone's bringing their strengths to the table you know and when i worked with Jonas, that's exactly how it was it was always about like Until we started fighting. Until we started fighting. <laughs> <laughs> until we're like, no, I'm right. I wanted this sound. He's like, no, people of Europe aren't going to like it that way. And I'm like, no, they will, they will. And that's, yeah. <laughs> Has it happened that uh, several countries have picked a song at the same time? Oh, oh, oh. I, I, yeah. No, not countries, but artists. So, you know, there have been times where I've had to let an artist down and say, look, I'm really sorry, you can't have the song because maybe two artists have got back at once yeah. and we've and we've had to go with the one that we think is the more better for the song. And then on a bigger scale, which one is more of a chance to get into their national final then to get to Eurovision and things like that. I'm trying, but I could, again, and I'm totally sincere about this, I'm genuinely trying to think when has that happened where I've had to let somebody down. <sighs> I don't know. If I think of it, I will tell you. Yeah. We move forward. In 2019, you mm -hmm. had four songs in three different countries. Mm -hmm. Montenegro, Romania and Moldova. Mm -hmm. And this was your fifth time in the Romanian mm -hmm. national final. Yeah. Did you see that as an advantage? I mean, was it easier to cooperate? No, at this at this stage, what, what was the song? <laughs> <laughs> you had two songs. Weight of the World by with oh, yeah. Nicola and, and Underground with Vida. Yeah. If you ask me to name Serbia's song in 2012, I'll tell you, but I can't remember my own songs half the time. But yeah, so no, I didn't. At the, totally honest, at that stage, at this stage where we're getting to now, I'm at the point where 
I don't even watch our this, when, see when our national finals are on the past maybe two yeah definitely 2019 and uh, 2020 I didn't watch the national finals when the songs were on um but at this at this stage I was feeling a bit just like oh right okay let's do it let's do it what I will say is I wouldn't the way I was saying it was it wasn't a, a boycott but I was like I I was invited out those Saturday nights maybe for drinks or on a date or to the cinema and for me after eight years of sitting in a room watch I'm being I'm watching my songs not win I was like do you know what I'm going to do I'm just going to when I get home open up wee wee blogs and see who won and honestly the Montenegrin song by the way which is one of probably one of my favorite songs I've ever written in my life yes Santi San I love how that song turned out I knew that we were I knew we weren't going to win there was a lot of there was a talk of a lot of I don't know foul play but mm, well you can probably see where I'm going are we in Montenegro or Romania now oh sorry we're in Montenegro let's let do you want me to go back to Romania let's go back to Romania first okay. so yeah if I, uh, Nicola um, what, what was the question <laughs> <laughs> I don't know <laughs> okay so you asked <laughs> you, I asked you if it was easier to cooperate oh you asked me also do you think I had more because I've done it so many times do you think more yes. chance yeah uh, no I didn't I think we could win if it was a hundred percent televote, or if the jury in Romania was—I don't know—just different people. But the thing is, I think like uh, the jury, the younger jury—not younger, the more international Eurovision experience jury. So like Ovi, you know, Ovi from Paula and Ovi, yes, uh, Luminitsa, Elinka, all of those kind of people who've done Eurovision on our, on our kind of open border kind of people. That's fine, but in the in the Romanian jury, the jury a few times we got like very very low marks by a couple of guys who weren't Eurovision really people and uh, didn't want foreigners taking away the, uh, the chance of a Romanian to go to Eurovision. Now, I will say, I totally get that. I totally, totally get that. It is nationalism at its finest, and I totally get it. But every country does it. Even Sweden does it. Even Melody Festival does it. I mean, there's even quote, there was even a quote in Melody Festival that there had to be girls or something, wasn't it? There had to be, yeah, yeah. you know, so it's the same kind of thing. It's, you know, well... To an extent. Thankfully, they skipped that. They rule. skipped that. Yeah. Well, yeah, because last night I was reading some something or someone online posted last night we're having a female slash non-binary writing camp, and I <laughs> thought, well, I know, I know, I don't know, not, no comment. But I, um, I, I was like, yeah, I'm sure SVT have probably thought, no, we can't have this female thing because eventually it's going to become okay. Well, what about like you have to have a certain non-binary quota? It's like, oh my god, it's just ridiculous to me. But anyways, like, what a great tune! Who wrote this? That was Thomas Gerson's sister. Yeah, she can write songs now. <laughs> what? Are you joking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. So yeah, so Romania, no, at that point, I I, I just kind of, I was a little bit like, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'd got to the point where I thought, and I'm still at this point, where it's like, I'm not going to stop trying. This year, I didn't have anything. But that was mostly because of the COVID thing and because there weren't many countries with national finals and stuff. But I know for next year, you'll probably see a couple of my songs in national finals and probably from here on in until we get to Eurovision and beyond. But whether it takes us another 15 years to get to Eurovision, we're past the stage of it now being an, like an obsession and our main focus. I mean, we're never going to not try and do it because you don't, you know, we're not going to give up. We've got this far, but we can now see very, very clearly the disadvantages against us and that's one of them being not being from the country that you're submitting the song to you know okay so and then and it, and it varies from country to country that disadvantage in romania when you have a jury which is a bit close-minded like that okay that's that's a real loss of points in other places maybe a hundred percent televoting in a country like different things i think when it's just right to happen it'll happen and and it'll probably taste even better because we've it's been so long you know that we've tried 
Can I be honest as well, by the way? I don't think we've ever had the right song to go. I don't ever think we've had it. Oh, I disagree with you there. I, oh, sorry, not song, but package. I don't think we've had the full... Because when, now that now when we go to Eurovision, when we go, I'm not going to... Well, yes, we want to win, but we want to have a song which gets out of the semi-final and then becomes on to be a hit. We want the singer to be amazing. We want the team to, who are on the song to be amazing. We want the broadcasters to support us. We want the song to be amazing. We want So it, uh, personally, I think when it happens, it's going to happen with the song, which is like, yes, that's this is meant to be. I hope that's, I hope that's what happens. I hope that's what happens. In Romania, you let the singer Nicola, yeah. uh, who gave Romania 10th place in 2002, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the song Don't Break My Heart, sang one of your comp- compositions. Yeah. Have you ever known... She got eliminated in the semi-final. Mm-hmm. Were you surprised? Uh, da, da, da. Do you know what? I wasn't no indifference a negative word. I was. I know. I didn't know which way it would go with her, because first of all, uh, she's one of those people we've worked with. Where to me as a legend, because again, I only really got into Eurovision in two thousand and two. As I told you, two thousand and two was the year where I watched it and was like, whoa. But the run up to two thousand and three was like every day reading the news on e- remember ESC today was the hub of getting your Eurovision news back then yeah reading reading it there Nicola's um, song for me in 2003 was my favorite song I used to play it constantly I mean I even started a Eurovision website running up to 2003 like I didn't nothing happened with it and it was only a few weeks and I took it down like trying to be like an ESC today but anyways so I was really into it so for me Nicola it was a legend and for her to agree to do the song I was like whoa but then when the song came out, I actually thought the song was really good. I thought this is really like kind of clean bandity UK vibe. Did what didn't really go that well with the fans. And then when I saw the rehearsal footage, I was she told me that that year the show wasn't in Bucharest. They had to go into the country somewhere. There was no budget from TVR for dancers. There was so I just thought right, let's see. And when I watched, it, I thought this is going to be borderline. And I actually I think it was. <laughs> I think she just was was she the first she was one place out of qualifying to the final wasn't she yeah. i think but again a nice girl and so she's she and she had a massive career back in the day in romania like signed the cat music she has evergreen hits there and i would love i, I would love to see her have a comeback in some sort of way she hasn't had it recently and i think i i really would love to see her come back if, even if it's not with our song i'd love her to see her come back to selection nationale and get to the final and storm up yeah, I rewatched this performance uh, this morning, and mm-hmm. I f- first thought, "Is this maybe uh, yeah. just a repetition?" Because she, yeah. the staging and the, no makeup. And well, all I can say is I I know now that all Nicola posts on Facebook is her working out in the gym, and she looks incredible compared to compared to that performance. Now, if you go on and check her out on Facebook, the girl looks incredible. Um, so I don't know. Again, I don't know. It, it, there's a lot, you know. There's a lot riding on it. I mean. I, and, I, and I don't, I'm not saying this because I know anything about Nicola's personal life, but if you're in Melody Festival and as an artist and say you are having the shittiest week of your year, 
Yeah. And it just, but it just happens to be that it falls and say, you know, remember Charlotte Pirelli was getting divorced as she was going to Eurovision, you know? Yeah. The same kind of thing. But if you have all the, the lights and the cameras and the sound and the hair and the costume and the good, and the good nutrition and the, you know, the catering backstage and you're being well looked after, you're going to, you have a high, a far higher chance to get through that as an artist. When you go to countries where there's absolutely no budget and you're paying for your own train to get from your town here and you don't have any dancers and there's no food there and there's, I can so see that if you're maybe struggling with something or whatever, you're going to break. Do you know what I mean? So maybe she just didn't have the best, the best day. I've seen that a lot. People from Western, Northern Europe, we take it for granted, I think, especially artists and musicians of how there's a struggle going on in the East and the South, big time. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned Montenegro here before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the singer that sang your composition was Andrea Demirovic. You, yes, yes, yes. Uh, who competed in Moscow 2009 with the song Just Get Out yeah. of My Life. Get out of my life. Oh, Ralph Siegel at his finest. Yes. Love it. And she sadly missed the final that year. And yeah. I know she was very eager to reach Eurovision this year. Oh, yeah, yeah, she was. Well, we had worked, yeah, I think in Montenegro, Nina from the previous year and Andrea would probably be two of the most, you know, well-known singers there. Um, and it's funny because I'd, I'd, I'd asked Andrea, would she like to do something? I had no idea how much she has changed as an artist from 2009. So 2009, obviously, she was just giving a chance, given a chance to go to Eurovision, and probably told, "This is what you're going to sing. This is what you're going to wear. This is what you're going to look like on stage. This is how you're going to act. Go." But now, she, ten, well, ten years later, obviously, she's so different. She's so cool. She's so edgy. She's so current. She's so and so nice. When we were working on the song, like she knew what she wanted, but she was so grateful to us for being able to deliver it. So it was just such a great thing. And it was such a disappointment whenever the songs came out. It was a Saturday morning. I was back home in Belfast and I saw the songs come out. And I knew, I, it's one of those moments I know we have a really good thing here. It's, no, it's not, if you like Schlager, maybe, Emily, that's not your cup of tea. I don't know. I live for Schlager. Okay, so it might not be your cup of tea then. But maybe, maybe actually you would have preferred the winner, which actually won. I, no, I no, 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 absolutely not. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. I much more preferred your composition than Heather. Yeah. Yeah. And it was way out there. I, I guess, uh, I, I don't think the stage show was right for it. I don't think, I mean, the, the guy who played the devil person on stage, great, um, great dancer. Again, it all comes down to time and money. I think they, if they had more time and money, it would have been different. But what, what a voice. Maybe we made a mistake by putting in something a bit too cutting edge for Montenegro. I don't know. But we had to take, we have to take risks. At, at this stage, we were doing too much slot. You know, previous years, we're getting criticized all the time or I'm getting criticized all the time all over the internet. I hope, well, maybe they do realize. I see all the comments that are out there and we're getting criticized. Oh, these guys are just writing like typical Eurovision songs. They're just stealing ideas. I mean, it does get to you and it gets in your head. So, and the thing is, I, before Eurovision, I loved Nor, I loved chart music, UK chart music. So I have that influence too. And I wanted to show that. Like, it's not, yeah, we can do it all basically. And I, I'm really proud of that song. The strings in the last section, the chorus, the synths. Primoz's work on it, Will's work, Andrea's vocals, her operatic vocals at the end, her lyrics, she wrote the lyrics to that song as well. Um, yeah, really loved it. Disappointed with how it was, how it went in Montenegro. Don't particularly think, or I'm not sure anyway, that the winning song, I don't know, did, should it, did it win fairly? I don't know. Not sure. 
The reason being, because I don't have any facts, but all I do is I have I had people telling me stuff. But again, that could be biased p- opinion because that could be the people on the team or on the floor who are wanting us to win. Did you present a follow-up to Nina Petkovic for this year too? Yeah, uh, I think I might have sent her demos. Maybe I don't. It wasn't. It wouldn't. If I didn't, it wasn't because we didn't want to do it with her. Because we released a song with her recently. Uh, and we release. I think we're doing another song soon together. Um, so well, that wasn't the reason for that. Um, no, I know what it was. She had already a selection of songs. And as I told you, she's releasing an album soon with another label. And probably some of those will be on it. But um, she had a selection of songs. And I think she just wanted that she'd written herself. The kind of more guitar. She, at heart. You know the way Carola at heart is a rocker? She's always like, rock and roll, Carola. Um, well, to Nina's a bit of a, a bit of a kind of indie kind of pop rock girl and she likes to do that kind of stuff and so she sent a song of her own in and obviously yeah we competed against her right didn't we we did yes. we competed we competed against her yes. no and there was no hard feelings there whatsoever nina and i are really good friends we must talk about moldova too because you got a second place there yay with maxime yes yep. with the song i will not surrender yay <laughs> Oh my god, I get that so confused with I Won't Surrender. It's like, which one was Romania and which one was Moldova? It's like, what? Even you, you know this because I've I got confused with you about it before as well. I know that I will not surrender. I can see the light in the sky. It finally makes me realize that I don't have to carry on pretending. No matter what this world Surrender was a song that we wrote year 2013. Oh. Yeah, it was years and years and years and years ago. When we were just literally writing and not thinking about, you know, not the complete opposite of what I just said about Yasanti Sam, the Montenegro song, where I was trying to be cool, trying to show people what we can do. When we wrote I Will Not Surrender, it was the complete opposite. It was just us having fun. So it's been on my laptop for years. And actually, I think Anthony, a guy called Anthony in Romania... Um, he had a song called Dream Girl. You mentioned this before. He uh, sent I Will Not Surrender to the Romanian selection, I think a few years before. It didn't qualify for, for whatever reason. But then Maxim Zavidia in Moldova. Maxim is like, he is killing it at the minute. Like he's actually living in Moscow at the minute. And I, I think he, he won some awards show last night. They're kind of like tipping him to go really big. So good on the guy. Yeah, he just fell in love with the song. And he was like, look, can I have this? And I was like, yes, of course you can have it. It's been on my laptop for years. And then it was one of those ones where I thought, no, this isn't going to go anywhere. But then as it went on, the rehearsals went on. And I just, I was like, and also to be, to be totally honest, that national final, thank God, like finally didn't have so many great songs in it. There was only a couple of decent songs. So we managed to come second in the end. And I thought, okay, there we go, second again. And I just got my gun out of my drawer and put it to my head. And then, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But um, there was no expectations there. So, yeah, so. In 2020, you only participated in Belarus. Mm-hmm. Was this because you didn't send songs around Europe or yeah. did they got rejected? We never sent any songs to... Uh, basically, we didn't send any... It's it's easy to send songs into Norway, Finland, Denmark, Sweden. You can just send songs. The other countries, you kind of, you know... Well, it's not, you, you really should have an artist. It's a lot better. But 
you're allowed, sorry, to send songs to these other co- to countries without an artist on them, right? You know, the northern countries, but the southern countries yeah, and the eastern countries, you need artists. And but I, do they that- help you there? If you present a demo to Romania, for example, mm-hmm. uh, without a singer, mm-hmm. do they help you to get a singer? No. No, no, and and you wouldn't you wouldn't do that because Romania will put out a call for songs about four weeks before the national final, saying we need songs, artists and songs together to put on the show. Like Sweden is, you have a team in SVT working on Melody Festival and all year round. Yeah, and the same. And I'm talking from Ireland in the UK also. It's a lovely place to live in terms of economy, society. There's time, there's money. It's relaxed that way. People have time for this, and it's a luxury, and we can luxuriate. But you see, when you go down to Romania. I would guarantee that nobody in TVR is even thinking. The production team is working on their other shows and their other things until four weeks before Eurovision. And they're not going to listen to all these demos. They sit in a room with a jury about a few, when they get their 150 songs and they just pick the 12 songs. You know, they, they rank them. They do like a voting kind of thing. Well, I know for a fact if I want to, I can, t- I can email some of the producers in some of the other countries and the, of the bigger TV stations maybe next month and be like, hey, I've got this song. Uh, I know, I know, like the national final is not going to be until next January or February, but I'm just passing you this song. If you can maybe help me find an artist, da, 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 da. you can do that. Yeah, of course you can. But if you do that in Romania, you're not going to get anywhere. So, mm. did you travel to Belarus? No. Have you been there? Never been. And but I know that uh, I know a guy that has. He didn't. He went to Moldova and and Belarus. Nikos Sofis. Yeah. Um, he he's tried for those countries, and he really likes to focus on Eastern Europe, like Belarus, Moldova. And I at the time I was like. I felt like sending him. It's so good. You've ever, I mean, if you think you've an uphill struggle with you know everywhere else, you have a real uphill struggle there. But um, but I never said anything, and I just let. But but he seems to be doing really well, and actually he's kind of got a, a good reputation there. So good on the guy. I hope it works for him. But he went to build Moldova and Belarus, and that again probably will help him. But I just thought when you have a put it this way, whenever you have a say five countries, so maybe there was a few years where I was had the option of five countries, and I could maybe pick one or two to go to. Well, you have Moldova, Romania, Belarus, and I did go to Romania once, but you're getting to go to places like Iceland and Malta. Malta I, I went in January, sat in the sun, had a glass of white wine and a caprice salad one day before rehearsals and was like, this is heaven. I can go to Iceland. I remember Jonas and Primoz, they went to the Blue Lagoon. And also to get to Minsk, it costs a fucking fortune to fly to Minsk. There's no low cost flying to Minsk or even Chisinau. So, well, you can fly to, uh, you know, Malta and Iceland and Finland quite cheap. Yeah. Yeah. What can you tell me about the song Don't Let Me Down? I will tell you that it's one of my favorite songs again that we've done for Eurovision in that I think it's really cool, modern, fresh, but then maybe in five years I'll look back and go, mm, you were in that mode where that's what you were thinking needed to be done. But anyways, we wrote the song with a girl called Rafaela Truda. She's a Finnish girl. She's um she did uh UMK, UMK 2016. Really good singer. She's just won all together now in Finland uh recently with her girl group. So So we're in contact with her, but we wrote it with her and we've sent it to Finland. We sent it to UMK with a few other songs for her and it didn't get in. And then Napoli again contacted me or maybe I, maybe I contacted her and says, look, I think this would be a great song for you. And as soon as we, as soon as she heard the song, she was like, I want this song. So she took the song and we made our version. And then Belarusian TV were like, well, after her edition, she knew herself, her edition, she's never good on the editions because all she's thinking about in the audition is, How can I make a scene to get noticed? So she got through and Belarus TV, I remember, were like, okay, so we really like this song. We want to reproduce it. And at that point last year, I thought, we only sent, we only had one song last year. And I thought, this is it. 
this is going to be it. At Belarus TV are going to, she's tried like what, seven times, came second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. We've tried a million times, came second, third, fourth, fifth. I was like, this is going to be it. So this is one of these moments last January where I'm going, and Will was in Primoz, we're all going, we're, this is going to be it, this is going to be it, this is going to be it. Trying not to get like 100% hopes up, but hopes are up. And they were like, we're going to reproduce it. And they sent back a reproduction and we loved it. The reproduction is online too. There's, there's two, I love both versions. They're both great. It's a faster version. It's a bit more summery, dancey. And they put money into the show and stuff. There, she looked great on the night, but she was sick. She got really sick on the day of the show. She got the flu. You can actually notice. A lot of singers will say this. Oh, I don't feel great. My voice. Okay, but then they're fine, or they're just a bit, you know, tired. But if you watch that performance back, she was so off, and she was so sick, and she was like, I can't believe it. And that actually happened to us one other time in Romania. Diana Hetia. There's a song called "I Believe in Love." We did in 2013. She is a powerhouse vocal. And on the day of the show, on the semi-final, she rang me. I am so sick. I have actually, I think she might have, I don't know if she went and got an injection or something, but she was like, couldn't speak. Um, and if you watch the performance, she did, a, she did the whole performance in like head voice, like falsetto. And yeah, just one of those moments. But unfortunately, it happened last year. And I just thought, oh God. But then I take rejection. Well, I just went, right, move on, next thing. And that's it. And that's us. But that's, that, now we're up to 2021. And let's see what 2022 brings. How many countries did you send songs to this year? Genuinely, genuinely, we did not put much work into Eurovision this year at all. We didn't go out of our way. In previous years, like I would have maybe made, we would have made like 30 demos and ended up getting five songs in. No, we didn't do that this year. I would have sent, I would say, a couple of songs to Norway, a couple of songs to Finland, for the to the producers. I didn't send anything to Sweden this year. I always have. I've always sent a few things, but not with artists, apart from Marie Picasso. Oh, we sent a song to Denmark. Do you know a girl called Natasha Thomas? Ever yeah. heard of her? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we sent a song to Denmark. Very, very, very nice song, I think. Well, it turned out nice with her vocal. To Denmark, uh, didn't get picked. Uh, maybe we'll send it again next year. I think that's pretty much it. That's all we did this year. What I will say about Eurovision is it started off as like this kid's dream uh, 10 years ago to get a song in a national final in Eurovision. And it's become... Over the 10 years, I have learned to become a songwriter through it. Like, I genuinely do look back at some of the earlier, earlier songs. And yes, like I was saying to you before, cringe. But that's because, and I hope, it's like Kylie, when Kylie Minogue, I'm a big Kylie Minogue fan. She always said from like, in the in the like 90s and the early 2000s, she couldn't ever listen to any of her 80s music. She cringed at it. Now that she says, I'm starting to embrace that again, because I can see that it was at the start of my career. And in those years when I was, being like having more success or going in a different direction. I was, yeah, I was discrediting that because I thought this is better, but obviously it all counts. It was all her like journey and music. Well, that's, I, I think that's how I probably will feel eventually. And actually this is almost a light bulb going off in my head now talking to you. Cause I'm feeling like that's how I should be instead of being negative about the earlier stuff. But because I've learned over the past 10 years and because, you know, high key music, we've all will and Primoz, I've talked, mentioned will Primoz, you know, they've all been doing it this, this, the same amount of time. Jonas may be a bit longer. We've all grew up learning songwriting together. And now we're having like, thank God, like touch wood hits in like Korea and yeah, um, Japan and cuts in like dance song cuts in like Germany and just lots of different stuff. So, but that's only because I thank Eurovision for that because Eurovision taught me how to write, write music. And the amazing thing about Eurovision is too, you have so many styles of music at Eurovision. If you like indie pop music, 
and you want to be an indie pop writer and you practice that for 10 years, well, you're going to write indie pop songs. But if you wanted to be a Eurovision writer or a writer for to get Eurovision, basically Eurovision just means you love all types of style, all types of music, all styles of music, because then you love all countries, you love all languages, you love all people. It's like, I've never thought about it too deeply, but it is a fascination to me why the gay community loves Eurovision so much. Like, why is it so so like that? I mean, you know, because I'm gay and I'm sure a lot of the listeners here will be gay. Why do we love it so much? Why is that? I mean, I've, I don't, so yeah, because we love, you know, it's all different types of music, all different languages, all different cultures, all different people. Maybe it's a sense of a belonging or something because everyone's different, everything's different and we're different as opposed to what the norm is in society. So I don't know, but it just was interesting. It came to me earlier, just a thought as well. So yeah, no, I have a lot Eurovision song, I will always, always talk positively. No matter what happens in my career, like songwriting-wise, musically, I will always talk positively and with such a warmth to, about Eurovision. And because, and obviously, the dream is to go there. Yeah, I really want to go there. I, I will, in the, I'm only going to talk to Eurovision world because I've, as a songwriter, I have lots of different dreams, okay? And you can imagine what they are, like Billboard number one, UK number one, da-da. But Eurovision-wise, my dreams are, well, I put them in order to get to the Eurovision Song Contest, and, and win it. My other dream is to have a song in Melody Festival and I don't care how it places in Melody Festival because some of my favourite songs in Melody Festival are the ones that have come 7th or 8th in, in the semi-final. Mimi O, De Go For Long... De Go For Long... How do you say it? De Go, de go For Long Sant, yeah. Deal but try again. Verona, La Musica. All my favorite songs, so don't care where we play, just would love to have a song on Melody Festival. So, Karin, what's Karin's second name, the producer, the new producer of Melody Festival? Karin Gunnarsson. Yes, Karin Gunnarsson, if you're listening, Hit me up. <laughs> I'll be hitting you up. Do you know what I mean? Sending you songs, but it would be a dream. Um, and obviously, a dream would be obviously to represent one of my own countries at Eurovision as well. Uh, and, and then my second home is Spain because I live here. So, yeah, like UK, Ireland, and even Spain would be amazing. But there's a lot of dreams to be fulfilled yet. I mean, you know, the, it started off having a dream, get, get to a national final. Then we've the dream was to have multiple songs, multiple national finals. Then it was to get the Nordic, Nordic country national final. Then it was to, you know, so it's just step, step by step, I guess. Melody Festival is probably the pre-selection most fans watch and yeah. around 3,000 songs are submitted each year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Swedish podcast Lagervännerna, which I do with some friends, uh, mm-hmm. did a rejected series two years ago about songs that was that were sent to Melody Festival but which were mm-hmm. not included. And mm-hmm. actually, I still get songs from composers, but to this rejected series, I received over 2,500 songs from 1970 <laughs> till today. And Are you kidding? S- no, I'm not. And several of the songs were submitted by your collaborators and friends mm-hmm. and that we, that we have talked about here mm-hmm. uh, for like uh, Dimitri Stasos, Jonas Gladnikov, Johnny Sanchez. But none of these songs have your name on it. You asked me at the time, I remember. And at, uh, uh, well, I mean, uh, first of all, the songs that they let you play, are they songs that they uh have had never released yeah many of them 
Well, good on them because I uh, I still have songs on my laptop that I pitch yeah. from like two, 2013. Which and the thing is, if they ever get released, I know it's yeah, I suppose it's a podcast. But if they if they ever get released and somebody takes this and rips it on the YouTube, then most record labels nowadays because of the globalization of music they will say no we can't have a song that's released so that's it's like to me it's almost i'm just being honest here and Jonas, johnny dimitri if you're listening to me it's kind of like throwing away money if i mean maybe they didn't believe that the songs were would ever be good enough to get released i don't know i don't know what i can't get in their heads but i think and also at the time i think i was like no i think no i think that was probably the main reason really of, of doing that I'm I've not, not trying here to get songs from you, obviously. No, you no. Know. But, no, 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 no. But I believe that they thought, well, we will never do anything with this. It's uh, mm. old-fashioned or mm-hmm. it's a genre that no one listens to right now. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. this was tailored for this uh, artist and uh, maybe that has pa- passed away. Okay. Or, yeah, many different reasons. Did you listen Did you listen to 2,500 songs? Yes. Oh, that That is literally like... You basically listen to a year's worth of music that SVT receives every year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> how did you How did you do that? Do you have a job? Do you have a job? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I actually do. Whoa! And tell me this: mm. Do you have one song out of the whole out of the two thousand five hundred that was your favorite? Uh, let's see. I open iTunes now. Uh, I have a map here. Mm, I'm going to pick one. I mean, you could make your own Melody Festival, and you should do that. You should like make a, sh- uh, a Eurovision Legends podcast Melody Festival, and maybe if you do that, I will send you a song then, and we could all compete. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. <laughs> that would be so cool. Oh my god, it's so hard. I know I, re- I really can't pick one here. Um... <laughs> I've sent songs, some songs which I thought right, these will never get cut. Uh, you know, from back way back in the day, I've sent them to like China recently, and the Chinese market is so different to ours. Where they're always asking for, we call it slogger, but in China they kind of call it like teen pop and stuff. And I've had cuts there recently with songs where they've paid us good money for songs which I thought would never get cut. So for me, it's almost like, but they, but they, they wouldn't have bought that song if it had been released because it's one of their stipulations. I think that's what I'm saying. If you do a melody festival in Eurovision Legends contest, maybe I, I would like to throw a song in or something. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick now. I'm going to pick the song Rum de Dum. We have talked about the girl who sing this. It's Beatrice Robertson. And it was oh. tailored for Timothée, the Swedish girl group. Oh. Uh, so here it comes, Rum de Dum. Spinning my world around and around I 
why didn't if it's so good why why i wonder why they never picked it it's like it sounds like a timothy title romney done they gave it to a russian singer and uh, she i believe she competed with it in ah so they did okay so they did actually get a cut with that song yeah okay. they did something ah, with it okay okay so that's okay i mean i maybe i need to have a harder think because uh, well maybe you're not interested anymore anyway because you've already done the podcast but there's probably songs that have been released of mine that have been sent to melody festival yeah. so maybe i can have a little thing you have also worked with several other eurovision artists mm-hmm. i'm going to name drop some of them here mm-hmm. uh, twins from slovakia mm-hmm. love them sergey lazaro from russia Love him. Safura from Azerbaijan. Yes, we've actually got a new song coming out with her soon. Oh. Yeah. And my little Maltese flirt, Fabrizio Faniello. Yay, Fabrizio. You know something? I've never actually spoken like uh, one-on-one with Fabrizio. Uh, we, had a, we had a song with him placed by his manager. Yeah. Um, Manfred Holtz. Yes. Yeah. Hey, Manfred. He's, I love him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but it turned out great. So, yeah. Uh, how many artists from Eurovision have you tried out with, you think? And I don't mean just to reach Eurovision. But- Oof, I don't know. I mean, all of my my Wikipedia that's there. I don't I, I, I don't know how I genuinely don't know who updates that. But everything that I have released, maybe a few minor things aren't there, but most of them are there. So, as you say, like. Basically, I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying to think people that would really surprise you. There probably are, and I just can't think. I've probably just like forgotten that we've sent songs to play even for Eurovision. Um, we talked about Anna Salim before, and you have yeah. mentioned Charlotte Perelli several times. Have oh. you ever written something to her? You know what? She is to me like I know you guys in Sweden love her. Yes, absolutely. Um, she is a sweetheart. Yeah. She is. I mean, my Swedish is Melody Festival in Swedish, okay? But I can get by, um, you know, and I can understand a bit. But it's not even that. It's just like what, you know, I watched her on, um, you know, Sumuka Betra. And I watched, I've been following her career for years and watched all of her Eurovision interviews online, whether it's in English or Swedish or whatever. And I really just love her. I love her whole life story. So, yes, I had years ago, I tried to contact her, but no management got back to me. Funnily enough, though, I did contact her a few weeks ago, uh, her man- and she got her management in touch with me, and I've sent a few songs over. Might not happen, but I'm always... It's the same as Anna Celine. It's like Anna, Charlotte, anybody I really want to work with. Who else at the minute? I'm trying to think. Um, I, can't, I can't think off the top of my head. But if an artist comes into my head where I just really love them as an artist, as a person vocally personality just everything then i will be i won't be persistent in a pushy way but i will always have them in my head you know if i'm you know writing a song or if i'm thinking who could i who would this suit send it that person and you know you have to be realistic these people have lots of different people right sending them songs all the time but i i have my fingers crossed i would love 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 the two that we've mentioned here, if Anna Celine, I'm, I hope you listen, Anna, or I hope you are listening. And if Charlotte ever hears, I would love one of them, you know, or both of them to do a song. Maybe we could get Anna to do a new duet with Charlotte. No, I don't think Anna wants to do a duet. I don't think she enjoyed that experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you, Anna, you were so um, you were so politically correct describing that experience, but you, you did your best. But I don't think I don't think she enjoyed it that much. No, not at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, going God. through your discography, I found many songs in exactly three minutes. And I begin to wonder if they all rejected national final songs. Do you know what? Uh, that was a thing that was out all the time years ago. And Jonas had a, a bit of a hang up over it. He was like, guys, 
let's um, stop writing songs three minutes because everyone's thinking they're for Eurovision. And for a while, we started making songs that weren't for Eurovision in, at 3.20. But the thing is, if you listen to radio songs nowadays, they're all about 2.50, three minutes. So, and we have a structure. Every, pretty much every single song that we do to this day is three minutes. And it works because we're getting songs cut all around the world. So there must be something to it. I mean, I see it as just a part of like, Eurovision has shaped us in how we write. So we have a, we have a stylistically as a team, we have a way of writing and Eurovision has obviously influenced that. So I think that's a good thing though, because people seem to like really dig it at times. So if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it is what I say. So yeah, to this day, we still do three minute songs. And no, if, if you see a three minute song out somewhere, it might never have been written for Eurovision. It just is the way we write or for our, our structure of writing a song, you know, first chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, you know. Can I name drop some songs here that I wonder if they were written and sent to national finals? Is that okay? Totally. 100%. Twins. Latino Love. Uh, it was not written. It was, it was written around the 2014. It was written me, Jonas, Primoz and Matthew. At around that time, everything was Eurovision in mind, but it was never tried with anybody. And I think at that time we just started been talking with the twin twi- with twins and they heard it and they were like no no we want that so we, that was just went straight to them Safura, high on love. Oh, one of my favorite songs I've ever done. Yeah. You know, you know something. That song um, was one of the ones I sent around everywhere for Eurovision, and everybody kind of said, everybody said, "Yes, it's really good. I really like this." I, like, but but there was always. I think it, I don't know if it was the lyric was a bit too part, maybe a bit too dark, or a bit too whatever party. I don't know. But for, or maybe it's just a personal preference because sometimes this happens where you'll have a song you love. The Safira song, that high on your love, I just, it's one of my, honestly, it's one of my favorite songs ever. But no, it was never picked up. Never, never, there was nobody else ever. Oh no, I lie. Rafaela Truda sent it to, uh, to UMK, to Finland, and it wasn't selected. Sergei Lazarev. Popolam. Oh, okay, let's go. Popolam is, is, this is, once I'd been speaking, we'd already placed like five or six songs, five songs for Sergey, and he was open-minded looking for more for his album. And I wrote that, and, uh, and as soon as we wrote it in the same week, I sent it to him, and he told me the next day I want it. So that was just so quick. That was so quick. Henrik Fuglem, Private Suit. Private Sweet, that is, yeah, sweet. Oh, sweet, that, yeah. Yeah, I sing the demo of that. Uh, it was sent to Norway with his voice. It was sent to Norway with him on it. I never made it, and then we just released it as a single. Closing our eyes, a snapshot of heaven by simply using your mind. We 
He was on The Voice of Norway. Henrik Fuglum is amazing, and I hope they give him a shot at uh, Rally Grand Prix. And last song, and this is my biggest favorite of them all. And please uh-huh. don't say now that you haven't written it and uh-huh. <laughs> only pitched it. Yeah. Uh, Clödi, go. No, I wrote that. We wrote that in a songwriting session in Sweden. You're gonna love this one. That was called Solo to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, the lyrics changed that about five times because I was just never happy with them. The originally it was meant to be for like Boris Kovali or like some sort of kind of Eastern European Sergei kind of you know like a. I'll send you the demo. You'll know when you hear it. I sing oh, the demo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you the demo. We wrote it with uh, Magnus Wallin and Gustav Svenningsson. They wrote Isa's first song in Melodifestivalen. Yeah, Don't Stop. Yes, they wrote that. So mm. they wrote. So, so around that time, we we did a session with them, and yeah, we came up with that song. No, so Clody, and then I sent it to a Polish artist artist called Clody, who I think you will see at Eurovision some year. But that did really well. I think it's like a million and a half hits or something on YouTube, and it's quite good. By the way. You said to me uh, about people I would like to work with. So I, I said Anna Celine and Charlotte Pirelli. There's one more. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say it because I'm pretty sure she, well, she could listen to this at some point. Krista Siegfrieds. Oh my God, I love her. <laughs> I love her. Ding dong, ding dong. Oh my goodness. She's doing her own thing at the minute, I guess. And she's also a songwriter. I mean, I'm putting it out there, Krista. You know where we are. You've heard our stuff. I think we could do something amazing together. So give us a call. Which broadcasters pay for most things and put you up in the best hotels? Well... And who is the cheapest? Okay, well, it's very easy to work out. Just work out in terms of <laughs> the GDP of the country that you're doing the song in. Mm. Uh, first of all, the, I would say the two countries that we've done the most in are, are the two countries that we've had songs in which have been the most economically stable and have the most economically stable broadcasters are Iceland and Finland. Uh, neither of them paid for anything. In terms of travel, us traveling there, in terms of us, um, any meals, anything like that, nothing, nothing, nothing. We paid for it all ourselves. I also remember Linnea Deb posting on Facebook a few years ago that SVT, they were doing something strange as well. They weren't paying for something for writers and Linnea, good on. I love Linnea. She always speaks out. Um, she said something and then they were like, okay, we'll pay for it. Was, do you remember this? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember specifically what it was for, but at least in those countries, you know that They're all your styling, all of the rehearsals, all of the, the artists that's being looked after. But then you go to places like, it's like honestly, Moldova, Romania, Lithuania, Latvia, any of those countries in the East, 
they pay for nothing. Absolutely. I know that um, this made me laugh. We never have had a song in Estonia, but we were close to it, I think, a few times. And also, I know a few of the guys there and a lot of the people who have worked on it and sang there and had songs in. And they pay, I remember they told me they paid the backing vocalists 32 euros, like, to perform on the on the show. But at least they pay something, because Latvia and Lithuania don't pay anything. So I'm not moaning about that. At the start, I never ever, I never ever did moan about it. That's why you've never heard me speak about it. Nobody has online, because it's just to do with the fact that they're broke. Yeah. All these countries are broke. So, and I have, if I want my songs out there and I'm going to use these countries as a platform to get my music out, I have to play the game, don't I? So I, how can I, how dare I moan about not being, you know, how we make our money is through the publishing side. So for example, Lithuania, when we had our song Ruta with, it's amazing to be in a national final like Ruta was with United because she sang it like seven times. So you get paid for every time it's on TV on, and, and the biggest paying channels are the, the channel one in every country. So SVT one will pay the most in Sweden. LRT one will pay the most in Lithuania. ETVR one will pay the most in Romania. So like when Mihai sang like six times, I won't surrender. That's how we live off the Eurovision stuff. Uh, when you sit in the green room and mm-hmm. no live cameras are on, mm-hmm. does everyone take losing well? <laughs> are you joking? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sometimes I've been quite surprised. I'm trying to think. There's times when it's totally normal. Like I told you the scenario in Malta when the guys came second to Irolosco. Yeah. They were they were upset and rightfully so in my opinion. Personally, would I have cried? No, but I maybe I've maybe I'm a bit a bit cold that way. I don't know. But anyways, but that's okay. Fine. I've seen people I'm trying to think, have I seen, I'm not gonna name any names, but I have seen who did I see angry once? Oh yeah, I think I'm not saying anything. <laughs> no, I can't. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't. Look, it was. Oh no, it was Iceland. It wasn't that anybody was angry from the performing team. It would be people working on the team, okay. so like management mm-hmm. or uh, PR, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, been a bit pissed off. So it's so funny the green room. See when the lights go down and the cameras off, it's like just everyone sitting in like a, like a canteen, you know, like it's like a or like everyone just sitting around and. I remember in Iceland, somebody brought in a bottle of tequila or something and was passing it around. And, and then when the cameras come on, the tequila's hidden and everybody's looking so professional. It's funny. It's just an, it's an insight. It's like, it's not as perfect as things seem. I think on TV, everything can look very perfect, very polished. And it is, of course. But everyone's human. And everyone, I think you forget that as well, that when people do have moments of when emotion comes out, whether it's anger or sadness, it's because these people have, and I'm including myself in this, have... Uh, been putting months and months of their lives into this with all their hopes, all their dreams, and then it doesn't happen. And if it happens, you know, maybe, you know, if it happens, whether if it's foul play or corruption, of course you're going to get upset. It depends how you want to show it. I don't know. Like, for example, I remember one time there was no foul play, but in Iceland with Aaron Brink hypnotized, when we we realized we weren't going to win, I I was devastated inside. I was like, I felt really sad, but I just said to Will, Will was sitting beside me. Um, The lights, the cameras were going to go off, lights were going to come up, and there was going to be an after party right in the kind of arena part. And Alexander Reback was there. He just performed. I think Emily DeForest was there or something like that. And I just looked at Will and says, Will, we have a flight tomorrow in the morning at like 11 a.m. Do you want to just go home and go to bed? And Will and I just got a, got a taxi home and just literally got into bed and just, I think we actually watched a few of the released Eurovision songs that night and just fell asleep. But then you wake up and it's a new day the next day and you go, right, what are we doing next? What's the next plan? Let's go. And that's, yeah. Are there any rivalries between you writers? No. There's competition, but no rivalries. And I mean, I learned to let go of that a long time ago because in the early years, whenever we were working a lot with Gladnikov, Jonas, 
Um, he had uh, he went to Eurovision a few times whenever we were always getting beaten. In fact, actually, I would say every apart from Primoz Will and I, we've watched Johnny Sanchez go to Eurovision a few times. We've watched Jonas go a few times. We've watched Stasos, Dimitri Stasos go a few times. So I'm sure if anything, they would probably say, because we're all friends, they would probably say, oh God, I really hope that Michael, Will and, and Primoz get there soon. Like it's, it's been a, you know, it's been a, like a, a ride, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I wish them everybody the best. I want to see one of us win, really lift that trophy, you know? And I'm sure we're all quite young because a lot of the, a lot of people are coming back and go back and forward. Some of them, it takes them, you know, it takes them a long time. It takes them a career to get there and who knows what's going to happen, what's around the corner. This episode is recorded before Eurovision 2021. Uh, who do you think will win? Oh, I have so much to say in this contest. I will not say too much, but um, the first of all, I will say it's probably my favorite contest in years. Maybe oh. like six, seven, six, yeah. seven years. I love this year. Absolutely love this year. I have an right. Okay, I have a feeling, and nobody's talking about it. I get the same feeling from Israel's song, the song, the whole package the team to be putting that together behind the scenes for how high quality it is and her i think she's good live right i have the same feeling i got that i had with eleni fuera with fuego nobody really talked about it it was a bit low down in the bedding until rehearsal week and she came out and stormed it and then it went flying up and i thought she would win but she came second so i'm putting i'm going to say i think israel will be a top three i'm going to put it out there that's my boyfriend's favorite yeah okay i would like i would like it to win i would like it because i was i was i wasn't i was so i was disappointed that eleni eleni didn't win so i want israel to come back and kind of do it because also it's that song is so of the time that song for me you could put it on like i lived with my my brother i've lived with him for a year now right if i push if i was to be sitting in here in the living room or we were having drinks with friends whatever and i put that on a playlist that was music that he listens to me radio music and i slotted that in i have actually done it a few times he would go he wouldn't notice or else he'll go oh that's pretty cool you know so i think we we, we forget about that side the, the the general public so i i think that'll do really well i hope it does Um, my favorites this year are Germany. I fucking love Yendrick. Go oh. Yendrick. Go Yendrick. I don't feel hate. I just feel sorry. If it's very clever whenever you find another way to bear me down. But I don't feel hate. I just feel sorry. So you can wiggle back to me the thing that you don't ever wiggle back to you. Because I don't feel hate. The video and the energy and the effort and the passion he put into it is he so deserves where he's at i i love ireland's song but i know that she she really fucked up the live singing on the late late show performance last year you know like the kind of the the, the irish and that really i think she knows that herself and that really kind of like put a dampener on her if people i don't think people are believing in her i think they believe she's got a good song but they don't believe in her but i think she's gonna she's probably hopefully she's hibernated for a year and practiced her song so Yeah, and what else? I like Ukraine. Uh, I have so many songs I like this year. What's your favorite song this year? Lithuania. 
Love it. Love it, love it. I think their song this year is so much better than last year. And I love them. I love I love their style. I love him. I love the I love how free, like liberating they are for Lithuania. Yeah. You you so don't expect them to come from Lithuania, and that's what I love. I think that's fantastic. I always ask my guests who they think I should invite to my podcast. Who do you suggest? Charlotte Pirelli. 100%. She has, has already been here. What? Yeah. Is there one on the list on Spotify? Yeah, of course. Why did I miss that? Oh, I'll be, well, I'll be listening to that. And I'm gonna, in bed tonight, I'm not planning. I have a quiet Saturday <laughs> night plan. I'm going to be listening to a couple of your podcasts and I will be listening to that first, 100%. Oh, that's so good. And in English too, that's so good. Okay, so that not, if you've already done her, I would say... Oh, by the way, I still need to finish Andreas Lundstedt's. And I must say, he is like my spirit animal. I literally feel like him a little bit sometimes. I love him. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Who do I want you to interview? I would like you to do Eleni Fuera. Good choice. Good choice. Get her talking about uh, the whole run-up. Do you remember that when there was no COVID, so all of the pre-parties were happening and all of the promo stuff, and she did not go to anything. And everyone was like, where is she? And when she came to Eurovision, she was like, she did that first rehearsal, and then she came out and was like, Guys, while everybody's doing, been doing like pre-promo and all of this fun stuff, I've been locked inside rehearsing and rehearsing, rehearsing, rehearsing. And I, I was like, Queen, that is exactly how you do it. You rehearse it and you rehearse it. Oh yeah, love her. I really love her. Thank you so much for this nice talk, Michael. Thank you so much. This has been, I hope I haven't talked too much. I hope I haven't talked too no, much. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. It was, feels like actually a bit of a, a release of like, feelings and thoughts you know it's like writing in a diary or something i couldn't believe the last week i literally just messaged you i think to say wow your podcasts are amazing and i like you know no i wasn't trying to get on your podcast you know what i mean no i, just... I totally understand that <laughs> yeah yeah and thanks to you my dear listeners around the world don't hesitate to contact me on our social medias at Facebook, Instagram, or the old-fashioned way, email at slagervandana.se. I hope you enjoyed this extremely long episode with me and Michael James Down. We actually started six weeks ago, but I'm an excellent editor, <laughs> so you will have no idea that it took four months. <laughs> so if you like this, subscribe to the podcast, write a review, and tell your friends and enemies about Eurovision Legends. And please send us some water. We are a bit thirsty. Oh my goodness, yeah. Good totally. luck in the future, Michael. Thank you so much, Emil, and you too. This is like I cannot believe how your podcast has taken off. It's incredible. Like it's gonna be. It's. I think it's gonna be around for years. I hope. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Emil. And I hope to see you on the Eurovision stage next year. Yeah, I'm sure. I hope that we meet at Eurovision. That would be amazing. Yeah. Thanks, Emil. It's the-